Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers show and hope you're having a good week so far and we can add to it by sharing with you today's guest mentor Sangeeta Sumesh and actually Sangeeta is quite well known in accounting and finance circles having gone from being an executive CFO to a best-selling author and a professional speaker and coach now but one thing that I love when I chat with Sangeeta is her energy and she also brings that to this interview we've done together. Because of that, we cover so much in such a short period of time. Some of the topics we actually do discuss are how she transitioned from an executive CFO role to the entrepreneurial path she's on now. And I think that gives a tip for anyone in finance, regardless of level or seniority, how you could also get onto the entrepreneurial path. Sankita does an amazing job as well, deconstructing leadership, what good leadership is, and also what values are in a very memorable way. So literally there's great value in that. Also, we discussed what possessed her to actually write a thriller as well as publish some other of her finance books. And it also gives her opinion on what we need to be doing to be considered a modern finance professional. So I just want to say thanks to Sankita for making herself available for the interview and coming on our show, being a great guest mentor. And if you want to know more about Sankita, some of her key quotes time-stamped show notes as well as a full transcript of our conversation you can find that at more at sitnshow.com and as always we really appreciate you tuning in to our show and also recommending it to friends and colleagues you can subscribe on all the major platforms itunes stitcher soundcloud youtube spotify and amazon music and i think that's enough for me for now so without further ado over to sankita and the show So Sankeesha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's awesome to be part of the show. Hey, it's awesome to have you. And by the way, I'm really excited to share your energy and some of your really great insights with our audience. Some might already know you, but before we get to that part of the show, would you mind maybe giving a brief introduction on your career and how you got to where you, you get to today? Sure. So let me break it into three phases. The first is a student. My parents actually wanted me to take in medicine because my granddad was a very famous doctor locally, but I didn't want to take science because I had quite an aversion to physics. Yes, so that kind of made me, by the process of elimination, I jumped into commerce and finance and accounting. So that's where I got started. And then, of course, moved on to the corporate once I completed my chartered accountancy and the cost accountant. So I moved on to the corporate. I started with PricewaterhouseCoopers where I got trained and then I moved to Alstom, the French multinational. And then I was a brief stint with Tupperware. I got married, I moved continents, I went to South Africa. I went back to PwC again and I was there for about eight years. Then decided to relocate back home to India. So came back, joined the French multinational palace 
brief stint with Lebara and the last decade with Dan and Brad Street as a CFO and executive director. So that was the second phase. And my third phase now is as a kind of an entrepreneur, I would say, where I'm a business and leadership coach. I'm also like a best-selling author and a professional speaker. So that is a brief of my journey so far. Yeah, there's a lot in there. And I think some of our listeners are thinking, oh my God, so you moved uh, between continents, you've held senior exec finance roles, and then you took the plunge to become an entrepreneur as well as a best-selling author and an awesome speaker as well, I have to say, Sangeeta. So what sort of drove you to jump from the relative safety of say, an executive CFO role? Because I can imagine CFOs were quite in demand, a very important job. What made you seek an entrepreneurial path towards what you're doing now? Great question. So the thing is, I have about 25 plus years in being in the corporate. So it just got me thinking, I said, if I can contribute to the success of one organization, how can I scale myself as an individual? How can I create more impact and reach out to more businesses, more individuals, and see how I can enable them to grow. This thought that was in my head for quite some time, and I was wondering how do I go about the entire thing, and that's when I chanced upon coaching. I got myself credential from International Coaching Federation. I completed my PCC, which is a professional credential coach. Then I thought, how can I integrate the two? And that's when I said, yes, this is what I really want to do because it resonated a lot with my personal values and something a lot more meaningful to me as an individual. So that's what kept me going to jump into this space. It's interesting. You managed to balance something that played to your own interests, your own strengths, what resonated with you, but also allowed you to scale your impact. Yes. And I know you made that jump to, to coaching, but I even think for some of our listeners in finance roles at the moment, I think there's really important lessons in there because I think in our roles, we should all be questioning, what are my strengths? What are my interests? Does this role give me that? And if it does, how can I then scale my impact across more outcomes, whether that be across other teams, my own team, across an organization, new organization, even with this podcast, these conversations Rather than you and me just sharing this conversation with each other, now we're sharing it with people in 170 plus countries. So that's scaling. And I think that allows us to make a bigger impact. Do you have any sort of tips from your experience, Sangeesh, on how we can also effectively scale within our finance work or even in leadership roles? So I think you need to first set out a vision, a path for yourself. What is it that you really want to do? What is more meaningful Mm. to you? What is satisfying for you? Because once you are able to identify that, then, you know, you obviously work around it, whichever field that you're in. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So the the key is to set yourself a goal and work towards it. But I suppose there's a bit of a journey and a process there as well. You probably won't get it right all the time, but you learn about it and you can readjust. I guess it, how do you say, like doing the extra certifications and trainings away from the core finance training you'd done and the experiences you had as well in your career probably was a lot more work because it's not easy. It just doesn't happen, does it? Yeah, it doesn't. But if you have the interest, I think that's what drives you, the interest, the inclination yeah. to do more. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And look, you touched on the high performance coaching. I loved your session of Finex, how we could be better modern accountants, modern finance professionals, better leaders. I don't know where to start in terms of my favorite insight from that. So I will ask you is, what do you find is the most important thing we need to be doing now to be a more modern finance professional and accountant? Yes, that's a very great question. What I believe is if you need to be a finance leader or you want to sharpen your leadership skills, 
I think leadership is all about values, the kind of values that resonate with you as an individual. So I'm an acronym person and I'd love to share acronyms. <laughs> you are actually amongst the best, Sankeesh. <laughs> Your acronyms are awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. So it's simply because you recall values better and you can remember it a lot easier. So if values were an acronym, what would that look like? So I would say V is the vision for the future. So what is it that you want to plan for your path ahead? So the V is for the vision. A is adaptability mm. with integrity because as a leader, integrity is very key. And at the same time, you must be able to adapt yourself to any kind of challenges, any kind of changes. So that becomes very vital. L is to lead with responsibility because if you're a leader, you have so much of responsibility. So it's very important to lead with responsibility and you're actually showing the path to the team. U stands for being unbiased. And at the same time... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it's, it's a tough one. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I know we all come with biases, but then... Exactly, yeah. Yeah, but if we can become a little more aware on the biases, exactly. yes, then we can try and be unbiased as much as possible. And at the same time, as a leader you need to uplift, right? Uplift your team members because that's what a leader does. E is to empower. You empower your team members. You need to uh, inspire them. Yes, so that the best in them comes out and it actually creates a win-win. You win as a leader and of course the team also wins. So E is to empower and S is to serve. You serve your people. That's where the concept of servant leadership is becoming very popular. You serve and you need to build trust. So that's very important to be a successful leader, the kind of values that you bring along. So this is the values that I think resonate as a leader. Feel free to pick whatever <laughs> you, know, you think is required for you. So that's yeah. what I wanted to share. Yeah, I think that's just a great list. I think if those listening in today, if they could get towards all of those on that list i think you'd be a pretty good leader if you're ticking all those boxes thanks for sharing that. that's an awesome one by the way do you have a favorite part of the values one of those that you'd like more i think all of them are important but having said that i think a leader needs to lead that's why you're called a lead yeah, yeah. so <laughs> i think the leader needs to show the way because the culture whatever it flows from the top so you need to set the right tone as a leader you can't really call yourself a leader if you don't have followers. I think that is the general classification of being a leader. So people say, like, how do I define my leadership? And there's all those acronyms within values. They're great sounding things, but how do you measure? I actually think you measure it by, well, if you're doing those things, I reckon you'll see the number of people following you and buying into what you're doing increasing. But thanks for sharing that. Thank you. By the way, you did touch on it uh, being an author, best-selling author. In finance and accounting, we actually, if you think about our books, they're not generally the most exciting. They're a bit dry. I have to say I've written a couple myself, but what I would say is that you wrote a thriller, right? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> what possessed you to write right. a thriller? I'm an accidental author. I never had plans to write. I was on a family vacation to Cambodia. I had visited the killing fields and something touched in me because... When I heard about the mass genocide in Cambodia from 1970 to 74, it just got me thinking, what happens if man becomes so cruel? So it just mm. set me thinking and unknowingly the story in my head. And I said, okay, what if I write about it? And that's how the whole thing started. So when I had come out with this book, it's called A Glance of the Unknown. And when I started telling people that, hey, I've written this book, everybody assumed it to be a finance book because they said, you're the CFO and we want to finance it. <laughs> 
<laughs> where yeah. is yeah. the finance book? So since quite a few people were asking me, and like you said, I said there are a number of books in finance and it's quite dry. So I didn't want to write another <laughs> finance book. But then since so many friends asked me, I started realizing that there are quite a few people who do not know finance. They're very good technically, but then they're not really aware much on finance. So I said, how can I help people out there? So that's when the idea of what the finance WTF came about to me. And like you said, I didn't want to make it dry. So what I did is I made it like a very practical handbook. So what are the common challenges that businesses face and what can they do to overcome it? So it could be from your revenue management, your cash management, your spend management. So the different aspects, the compliances and everything. So this is what I bundled up. And it's a very practical, so the practical things, what they can do. And I have also interviewed some of these successful entrepreneurs on their learnings, their mistakes that they did so that everybody else don't have to do the same sort of mistakes. So I have made it as interesting as possible, I would say. I think the book has been doing quite well and the book is now about four or five years old and yet it's still doing pretty well and that became a bestseller as well. So I'm hoping a lot of people are benefited and yes, quite a few strangers wrote into me saying that they did enjoy the book. So it's definitely a very feel-good factor. Yeah, I can definitely second yeah. that. So that's so, then, so yeah. Yeah. yes, so then that led me to writing Get High, which is on high performance, how to coach yourself for high performance as an activity based book and my latest book which just got released is called where's the moolah moolah means money <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, during these unprecedented times what can businesses actually do to grow themselves financially is what the book is about so i've made it as a business wheel to see how businesses can actually pivot on finance how can each business function contribute to the success of the business is what this book is about that's that's fantastic and great timing because I know like we've had epidemics and pandemics in certain areas we've emerged from but I suppose as a world as a planet I think a lot of us are in similar choppy water maybe different boats but similar choppy waters so yes I think you've got a really good shot with uh, reaching a lot of people with this one and we were just talking a bit off air about your launch event last night so that went pretty well and it was already well received so that's a good sign for the future yes thank you one of my favorite things discussing is actually mistakes because you know you said in your book there that you interviewed some entrepreneurs and you from their, their hard-won lessons and things that they made mistakes on i think that's a very effective way of learning particularly because it saves the rest of us a lot of time going down same old rat holes or at least if we do our eyes are a bit wider open was there anything that sort of comes to mind that you probably wish you might have done slightly differently earlier in your career or even later on when you embarked on the coaching and the, and the authoring what could i have done differently is i could have started my coaching journey a lot before and not just <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah no but Earlier. i would also tell you what i think i did i wasn't really sure if this is what i wanted to do so what yeah. i also did is for the last i think five years i managed my full-time role as a cfo and i was also working parallelly as a coach as a speaker as an author yeah. because yeah so i wanted to know is this something i really want to do will i be able to last this interest over a long period of time so these were some like a 
check the imbalance that I was having my own <laughs> okay, this resonates with me because we've been accountants like in our DNA we are not going to just jump from one to the other we are going to have to dip our foot in first and then test the waters out yeah. and, and I think that resonates with the people who've been on a similar journey but also you didn't just suddenly one day stop being a CFO and go into high performance coaching or do the book authoring it's a gradual process of figuring out if, if that was going to work for you and if it's something you liked yes absolutely I think finance professionals would no, that is what is taking calculated risks. <laughs> <laughs> following our own advice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say we're always the best at following our own advice. We're very good at giving it to the business oh, yes. entrepreneurs and so on. But following it sometimes ourselves, we're probably a bit slow. So that's where I thought you were going. <laughs> <It was like>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But thanks for sharing that one, Sankita. I think it normalizes it for folks, just that feeling and that it is possible to do that. Yeah. Just need to allocate the time and build towards it and keep putting in the time. So appreciate you sharing that. I was also curious to know, like you've had a lot going on, but is there anything else exciting you at the moment? Oh, yes. I am very pretty excited about the fact that I'm able to contribute working by different corporate leaders and entrepreneurs because I enable high performance and enhance the financial growth. Like I told you, when I started off, I wanted to see how can I impact as many people as possible. I'm really going towards my goal working with many different people to see how I can really make them realize their own potential, be it their individual potential or the potential of the business. More than anything else, it's a feel-good thing and extremely self-satisfying moments for me. So every time a client says, well, I have managed to complete this or when they express their gratitude or thanks to me, it's, I think there's nothing that can make you feel even better because I feel that this is my purpose. So I feel very rewarding mentally and satisfying yeah that's really great and it's wonderful that they're appreciating you as well and i know we've known each other only a short time but you bring great energy thank you and that definitely comes across so um, i'm not surprised yes Andrew, this is something been exciting for me to work as a coach with a lot of finance professionals. And what I have noticed is some of the common challenges that seem to be standing out, especially for finance professionals, is the transition. They want to transition as a CFO or as a board director, and then they're grappling around what they need to do. So a lot of people come and like to work with me on that simply because I've been a CFO and I'm also currently an independent director with a listed company here. So they want to know how they need to shape themselves better to jump into this transition. So that's one common challenge that I've noticed. And also their communication, the communication skills. Most finance oh. people, yes, the non-finance people look at finance people as being grumpy. I'm sorry, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. no, no, fairness. Yeah, yeah, I've got a few stereotypes yeah. in my head. Exactly. Yes. So they yes. just wish people could be a little more communicative and be a lot more friendly and the third thing that i've noticed common is managing emotions because mm. emotions play such a key role you know whatever role that you're playing in it's knowing how to manage yourself better projects you as a much better leader i thought i just highlight because these are some common it's not just one or two people who come to me with this there have been quite a few people yeah. having these similar challenges and i thought it would be good to highlight this so that people can work around yeah. Given that finance is quite global now, I can actually say they're very similar what folks come to me with as well. 
Sangeeta. So I think our audience could definitely identify with those. I also like your last point as well. Is like, how can you be credibly expected to lead others if you can't lead yourself and manage yourself? Absolutely. Now, I do have some rapid fire questions for you. So this is my favorite question, but I always get worried that there's probably loads of bits of advice out there that you've received over the years. But I'm curious, what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received? Oh, yes. So this is from one of our very senior finance professionals. So what he told me was, do not hold the hot potato in your hands. Imagine somebody <laughs> throw a hot potato onto you, you're not going to be holding it. You're going to be passing it on. So anything, just ensure you're not holding on too much to it. So just let it go and do what is required. I have always held this advice as close to me as possible because it's been very useful to me through my career. I appreciate you sharing that. I, I think our listeners had a few hot potatoes in their careers as well. So don't hold on to them too long, folks. I think it's the message here. And then I suppose in terms of yourself, Sangeet, are there any go-to resources? Obviously, I'd love to include your books in the show notes, but are there any sort of go-to resources that you like reading or documentaries or anything you like reviewing that you go to? Yeah, one of my favorite books has been The Trillion Dollar Coach. It's about the late mm. Bill Campbell who coached many of the leaders in the Silicon Valley. That book has amazing stuff on leadership. So whoever wants to sharpen their skills on the leadership and who want to lead and manage teams better, I would highly recommend them to read this book. It's amazing and it has tons of great insights on leadership. So that would be a go-to book for the leaders. Yeah, I love those practical books, stuff that really happened in real life and yeah, Silicon Valley. I'm always curious how that sprouted up. That's going on my reading list. Thank you. So thanks for that recommendation. And I suppose if our audience wish to connect with you and continue the conversation, where's the best place to find you at? I'm on social media. They can find me as The Gain Enabler. The best place would be LinkedIn, of course. Sangeeta Sumesh, The Gain Enabler is my LinkedIn handle. And I'm also there on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So they can just look up as The Gain Enabler and they will find me. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. So those links will go into our show notes as well. Sagita, you've been shared fantastic advice. I loved your journey, how you shared so much of how you made your decisions to move into high performance coaching and also as well your story about the book authoring as well. Because I think I read a statistic somewhere, 80% of people want to write a book and only 2% ever do. And you've done it a few times. So there's probably even a smaller percentage have done that. So awesome stuff. But before we bid you adieu, is there any sort of parting thoughts you could share with our audience? What I would like to say is, there are plenty of opportunities for finance professionals. So if I were to broadly classify them, one is you could go and find your niche, a niche in finance, if that's something you'd like to pick. You could specialize in your international accounting standards, or it could be taxation if it's something that you like, or compliance, or maybe even corporate governance, a niche for yourself. That could be one way. Or what you could also do is to see how you can supplement your finance skill with another skill. Probably you're too good at tech. Finance and tech is a great combination. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Or it could even be finance with sales and marketing or finance and legal or even finance and HR. I would like to just quote this from the book, a Trillion Dollar Coach. It says, the people are the best asset that you have. So I think by combining this, you become so powerful to manage both finance and your people. So yeah. that could be a great strategy as well. So either go in for a niche in finance or see how you could supplement yourself with some other skill so that you're able to grow better in your career is what I would like to share here. 
Yeah, that's great advice. I love it. Like having that niche, that appreciation of niche where you're really awesome at or just having that skill is your extra. It's that little bit of difference. I, I love it. Sankita, thanks for being such a great guest mentor on Strength of the Numbers today and coming on the show. Speaking to you, Andrew, I enjoyed the conversation as much as you did. So thank you so much once again for having me. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.